inside joke. <laughs> that shit is so funny. <laughs> We can't even start properly, man. <laughs> Bloopers. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Hello, Club Culture family. My name is T, and we have a new face with us today. Merry Christmas. What is your name, sir? Hello. Uh, my name is Esteban Julio Ricardo Montoya de la Rosa Ramirez. And <laughs> your real name. <laughs> Andre Easton. Andre Easton. Clap it up for Andre. <laughs> Damn, we got a lot of studio audience in here. Yes, That's crazy. Thank you. Thank you, audience. <laughs> no, thank um, you. They really are. They're crazy. They're going crazy for you. You got some nice fans in here. Yes. <laughs> if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and hit that bell. And watch the damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are tuned in on your favorite streaming platform, thank you for tuning in and make sure you leave us a rating. So, Andre. Yes. Thank you for being here, first of all. Thank you for having me. We are back on our stomping grounds. D-U, D to the U. Okay. Wow, <laughs> it's so weird being back up in here. Oh, my gosh. Everything is different. It is. They got new logo colors. New furniture everywhere. New, new furniture that we stole. That we, we did steal. <laughs> this to bring in here. Yeah, we have to do what they say we do best. Deal. <laughs> exactly. So we did just that. Um, <laughs> yes, I really wanted you to come on the pod. You know, you was amongst the few people that I saw a comment when I first made the post and say, I'm starting a podcast. I was like, yeah, I'm going to need his ass on the pod. <laughs> we initially were supposed to start in June, so during Pride. But, you know. So y'all homophobic is what you're telling me. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, mean, we don't like you. That's that's, understand, that's understandable. Yeah, so we passed June up, and we was like, yeah, we just going to let him come back Got you. when it's his time. So you February know? is what I was expecting, what, because what? Black History Month. Oh. No? Oh. So you hate black people, too? Uh, You know, they don't really include... Gay history, part of black history. So got you, got you, got you, got you. Exactly. So, you know, I, I knew when to bring you. Got you. Okay, that's but understandable. instead, I brought you now. Yeah. Because <laughs> here on Club Culture, the mantra is turning negatives into positives and changing the narrative. Uh, you know, there's a lot out there that uh, that's there to divide us and keep hate. Yeah. And so I wanted to create a platform to where we can have everyone exist as they are, <clears throat> and we just... Episode by episode, break down those barriers of hate and violence. Yeah. Um. So you know, not you're not here to have a gay episode at all. Damn. Even though I finally have somebody here that really, that really understands what it is to love the same sex. Oh my god! I forgot. You think I'm gay? Oh shit. Oh shit! I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, <laughs> you have very nice eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you have a dangly earring like I do, so that's just. I don't think that's an indication. <laughs> you automatically gay. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Well, that's what my mama said about my daddy. So, <laughs> so we. I'm, she she knows best. Okay. So, I guess mothers do know best. <laughs> Any yeah. man that has a daily <laughs> earring is gay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. But I did not bring you here for that. So here at Club Culture, I, we have a game. Okay. And it's called Weird or Gnaw, right? Okay. 
Um, hopefully you've never played this game because I thought I made it up. I, I mean, everything it, has yeah, happened. It, yeah. we're, we're not in reinventing the wheel. Yeah, we're not, but uh, let's act like okay. we are. Well, this probably is going to be an astounding and amazing game because you've created it. Exactly. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Hmm. I've never had this issue happen before, but my damn notes did not sync on this phone. So uh, I'm a wing it. So what you're saying is you're unprepared for your own production. Uh, what I'm saying is I have the wrong phone right now. Uh huh. But we can't do nothing about that. Right. Because we need that phone over there. So <clears throat> weird or not? Okay. Um. Kanye says that being fat is demonic. Is that weird <laughs> <laughs> or no? <laughs> Wait, what? Kanye says that being fat is demonic. Is that weird or no? Yeah, that's weird. And you get one sentence to explain why. Oh, I can't break that down in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try. That's the, that's the name of the game. Damn, I can't even think of the words to... <laughs> yes, it's weird mm -hmm. because... Uh... Being fat isn't <laughs> being fat isn't uh -huh. a choice. Sure. Okay. okay. <laughs> sure. Nothing is a choice anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, East Chicago teacher was arrested for having a kill list. Of student and teachers. Wait, say that again? East Chicago teacher was arrested for having a kill list with names of students and teachers. Yes, that's weird. <laughs> because <laughs> they're crazy. <laughs> Mind you, this are all, these are all real things. I'm, when you started with Kanye, I knew this was going to be real. <laughs> okay, um... We have recently exited a retrograde that has landed in multiple divorces across the globe. Uh, shit. I guess that's not weird. Okay. Um, the uh, student loan forgiveness portal has opened. That's not weird because I'm trying to get my money back. <laughs> get <your> money back. <laughs> I'm trying to get some of that debt relief. Child, I ain't trying to be broke the rest of my life. Uh, okay, I'll give you one more. I'll give okay. you one more. Um, I'm trying to remember my notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, mi millions of crabs have shown up missing. Oh. I did see that. I saw, <laughs> no, I actually, saw that. I actually saw that this morning. Um, <laughs> Not that's breaking news. That it is breaking news. I like Where's seafood. The what the fuck? <laughs> seafood boys. That, okay. You black as hell. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, that is weird. Because where the fuck they go? Exactly. We need them seafood boils. Okay, give me okay, a couple so pieces of corn. I gave you a shortened version of weird or not. Yeah. I apologize because you're unprepared. Yeah. But that's okay. It's okay. We black people be unprepared all the time, <clears throat> but <laughs> uh, I do have a lot that I want to get uh, get your perspective on. Okay. Um, 
So we have a couple of sectors that uh, Club Culture likes to touch on every episode. We have hot topics, music and entertainment, current events, and uh, mental health. Okay. Now, the mental health sector is where we really get to dive into it with the guests. Because all that other shit is cool. But, you know, what really matters at the end of the day is livelihoods, well-beings. So we're going to get straight to the bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What does your music taste like? Like, How would you describe If you were to be in a car with me and I never heard what you like to listen to and I gave you the ox, what would be the first song that you turn on to impress me? Today, mm-hmm. like if we got in the car right now and I was like, I'm about to play this song and we just going to have a good time. Yeah. It's not a song. Okay. It's a whole album. Okay. okay. It's Renaissance. Renaissance. Yeah. All right. PC. Easy. Uh, <laughs> easy. <laughs> but okay. okay. No. All right. Honestly. Well, honestly, it would have been Renaissance because I don't know. That's just the whole album is just a vibe mm-hmm. outside of it being Beyonce. I don't know. It's just. It's feel good. Okay. To me at least. Yeah. Um Dang. If I was to put on a song. I'm trying to think. Honestly, no. It's still not a song. If I was to put on something we got in the car right now, it'd probably be a musical. Okay. And you and, and and you gonna stand behind that. And I'm gonna stand behind that. So what musical you gonna turn on that's gonna get me intri- uh, intrigued. I was gonna be Dream Girls because you're a nigga. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm not about to take these stereotypes. <laughs> it's gonna be Dream Girls all the way. You know, word from word that movie. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, you are so gay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just say you are such a nigga. Nah, I'm not because <laughs> it's a difference between knowing all the songs. Okay, you a nigga, but knowing the the the. The the mute the script word from word. Okay, then what if I say a Shrek? Shrek is our childhood movie, like. Oh, but what's the difference? Because white people li- like Shrek too. I don't think that changes it. <laughs> How many white people you know know Dream Girls? A lot of the white people in my circle are very progressive mm-hmm. and woke, so they know Dream Girls. Okay, so. <laughs> they know the songs too. Yeah, yeah. Real in your circle, <laughs> so you already answering. <laughs> Why the fuck? <laughs> okay, let, let for, before we even dive in any further, let's try to give the people a, a, a glimpse into who you are. Okay, okay. So we met here at DU. We're both RAs. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what an RA is, that is a residential, a resident a assistant, a residential, a resident assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the uh, the police, <laughs> Not the police, the police on campus. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, and you know that's where we really kind of was able yeah. to talk a little bit more. Yeah, because we, well, I don't think our class was that big. I th- everybody knew. Of everybody to some extent. At the time when we came in, we yeah. were the largest freshman class. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say we did get to know each other more when we became RAs. Yeah. How would you describe your freshman year at Dominican? Because I feel like a lot of us walked away saying freshman year was our favorite year being here. What was your uh, I would disagree. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I wouldn't say that because 
freshman year was bad because mm-hmm. freshman year was pretty fun. Um, but also, I wasn't really connected to freshman year because I knew that freshman year was my year to be like, do I really want to do college? Yeah. Because um, me and my mom had this conversation that was like, just try it out for a year. If you don't like it, you don't have to go to college. Okay. Which was like, okay, I'll just go for the year. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like it, whatever. Um, so, I mean, freshman year was cool. I think my favorite year was probably the year that the pandemic hit mm-hmm. because I was starting to do more things around campus, whether it was, um, shit, what do we call it at the time? Doing Common Ground okay. or doing uh, CAB, being involved in a lot of So your senior events. year of college was your favorite year? Damn, that was senior year. Yeah. I thought we that was old as hell. Year. <laughs> we old as hell. Oh, God. Yeah, I would say... Well, I would say junior year into senior year because the the latter part of our senior year was all virtual. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think you're the first person that I've brought on here that can actually dive into what it was like to be on campus, go off for spring break, and not, never and not return come back. <laughs> and not be able to come back. That was, yeah, that was crazy. How was that experience for you when you first heard, like, damn, we got a pandemic coming? Honestly, I think like anybody else thought, I thought it was going to be like this whole like two week ordeal where mm-hmm. like everybody just did what they did at home and then we were able to come back. Yeah. And then damn near three years then went by and shit ain't been the same. Um, but honestly, I I don't know. Nothing really changed for me. Like I obviously missed hanging out with everybody that I would hang out with here. Yeah. Um, but it was fine. Okay. You didn't, did you like experience any type of, I'm locked in the house, I ain't got shit to do, what do I do with my life? Like, yeah. how did you cope through lockdown? Um, well, like you said, at first it was just like, damn, I'm really finna be stuck in the house this whole time. Mm-hmm. And being bothered with my mom 24 fucking 7. Um, which ended up not being a problem because we ended up doing our own damn things anyway. Yeah. Um, but... I need to move this. She just vibrating. Um, but um, I would say maybe like a month or two into the pandemic is when I really started to like do a deep dive into doing makeup. Okay. And just learning different things to do and how to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what pretty much <clears throat> occupied my time other than like classes, obviously. Yeah. Was it hard for you to uh, finish out your senior year virtually? Like was that transition to now going virtual Difficult or how was it? It was kind of difficult because I'm I'm definitely more of a hands-on mm-hmm. kind of learner and not having the ability to physically experience like whatever was going because I was a theater major. A lot of what we did was like physical, yeah. like hands-on type of stuff and not being able to do that was very like taxing because mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I can't really do like the stuff that I really like to do yeah. in this moment. Yeah. Um. So it was hard. But like. It ended up getting easy because we ended up having less work to do. Mm-hmm. So for sure, I was <laughs> it was easy selling like the rest of our senior year semester. Yeah, professors um, like turn it in when you want to. Literally, okay. like we just gonna grade the shit when we get it. Yeah, and I'm like okay, well you gonna get it when you get it. Yes, yes, exactly. I feel I feel like that that time right there, I was able to stay on campus, help people mm-hmm. exit, but I was already really overwhelmed with work. Uh, uh, and I think I think that that was a blessing and a curse just for me. Mm-hmm. Now, 
this might sound insensitive because lives were lost, <clears throat> but I had a bunch of fucking work. I had a bunch of uh, uh, senior portfolio portfolio shit to finish, mm-hmm. and so I was able to lock in in my dorm room and not have that pressure to get all of that shit done. And I knocked all of that shit out, and yeah. was and probably had the best grades. No, honestly, my best grades were probably that latter part of our senior year when we were on lockdown. Yeah, exactly. You ain't got shit else to worry literally about. Literally, can't focus on anything else but your work. Exactly. So. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you take it how you want. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you, um, d- uh, how how did COVID or the pandemic affect your well being, your career, your transition into adulthood? Um, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I, in terms of well being, I would say. It really took a like a nice chunk of my mental health because I'm more of a social person. Yeah, I like being social. I like doing social events or hanging out with people or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So not having the ability to do that, like in a in like a physical environment and having to do everything virtually, was really taxing. Yeah, because I I didn't feel like I got the full experience of being with the people that I loved or mm-hmm. my friends or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, in terms of, like, transitioning into adulthood, um, it was, it kind of helped, it helped me because I was doing a lot of things on my own because at the time when my mom was still living in Chicago, we lived under the same roof, um, and we were very serious about not giving each other COVID or yeah. uh, whatever <laughs> the case was. She was mostly staying at home, and I was, once things started to light up and they were allowing people out, I was still going out because I was like, I can't be stuck in the house. Yeah. So we pretty much lived separate lives, and I had to do everything on my own. Mm-hmm. So I guess it it lended a hand to helping me be where I am now in mm-hmm. terms of being able to do everything by myself. Yeah. Um, so before COVID, independent your view like independence and how that was for you was strength, compl- strengthened. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just feel like it just it helped me be more of an individual rather than depend on. I wouldn't necessarily say depend because. Towards the, I guess towards the end of my college career, I was being more independent anyway. Yeah. Like, obviously, I was still living under my mom's roof, so I had rules I needed to abide by, like, not going out all the damn time and mm-hmm. um, being more conscious of um, the stuff that I do. Um, and COVID kind of just really intensified that. Yeah. Um, so, like, once things started to let up and I was going out more, I had to be more cautious of staying out or being around people for like too long of uh, yeah. periods of time just yeah. to make sure my mom was good because my mom has like severe asthma. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't be compromised like in any form. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, that was, that was hard, but we got through it. I understand your moms, you know, recently on the pod, I've shot out our asthmatic people. You know, we're, we're a lot laughing stock, you know, sometimes <clears throat> if you don't have extreme asthma and you just got like, you know, Heavy breathing, pollen, fuck you up real quick. Right. You know, they don't take us serious. Yeah. But shout out to y'all. <laughs> shout out to y'all still because I see you. I see you. <laughs> I, I think I have a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A unique perspective about asthma. Uh-huh. Because up in, I, was, I would say up until I was like, I want to say like eight or nine, I had like chronic asthma. Mm-hmm. Like if I walk too damn fast. I'm hyperventilating and mm-hmm. breathing hard as fuck. Um, and then out of nowhere, it just disappeared. Exactly. Yes. So 
Yes. Do you feel like you beat it? Like, you was like, I beat asthma. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I used to say growing uh, up. Not I beat asthma. <laughs> exactly. Because oh, my asthma was induced. I had eight perm when I was a baby. Mm-hmm. And so that fucked up my systems and boom, yeah. I got asthma now. <laughs> 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 and so basketball, I'm like, damn, I'm the fastest one here. I can run for a long time. Am I beating this shit? <laughs> but shit, now, now I'm done playing sports. I'm like, shit, this shit was just masking itself. <laughs> exactly. I need a, uh, what is it called? A, um, a inhaler. And then I need my inhaler way more. Some uh, Bruderol. <laughs> Some Vicks sometimes, okay. <laughs> rub it on the chest, <laughs> a pure fire, uh, <laughs> all of that. But to answer your question, yes, <laughs> I beat asthma. <laughs> yes, congratulations. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it's been a struggle. Yes, I actually asked a question specifically because the theme for uh, some episodes has been adulting and transitioning. Mm-hmm. Nobody really prepares you for this. Nobody mm-hmm. knows the answers. It's not. It's not a one. Okay, fits wait. All. I'm gonna stop you there. Okay. Because I would. I would dis. Well, in my personal experience, I would disagree that I was prepared for it. Okay. I just chose not to listen to the preparations. <laughs> a nigga. Okay. A nigga. Because <laughs> um, a, a lot of stuff that comes up now, and I'm like, damn, I should have just listened to my mama mm-hmm. when she was telling me this shit. Mm-hmm. But also. Sometimes you have to learn through experience. Yeah. And it's shitty, but, like, I, I guess that teaches you way more than somebody being like, oh, you got to watch out for this or yeah. don't do this and make sure you on time with whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. How would you describe that relationship between you and your mom? It, it seems as if, I was. did you have a dad growing up? <laughs> <laughs> Serious question. <laughs> Not a joke. I know. I, I know it's funny to talk about absentee dads. <laughs> but where's your dad? <laughs> Where he at though? Exactly. Um, no, I, I, I was going to say, ironically, no. <laughs> I did have my dad. Okay. Um, there was, I, there's a lot of like background information that would probably be needed to have an extensive conversation about that. Mm-hmm. But long story short, there are issues between my dad and my grandma and that kind of happened because of my mom okay. and how, uh, um, what's the word? How terrible she was at communicating between stuff my dad would do to telling my grandma that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just turned into whole problems. Um, so he was around. He just wasn't around as much as he wanted to be. Okay. Because of the issues that my mom created. Okay. And we've had this conversation. Like, not we. Yeah. But my mom and I have had this conversation multiple times because obviously your mom, my mom and my grandma would say some stuff and then my dad would say complete opposite stuff. And I'm like, well, something ain't adding up yeah, here. Exactly. And it turned out to be my mom. But mm-hmm. um, he was around. Um, he still is around today. Uh, but my mom... I, I, my mom is my rock. Definitely my mom is my rock. Would you, that, that right there is not something I expected to talk about, but I'm so glad that you touched on it because your upbringing and the people that raised you is such a t- sensitive mm-hmm. thing for people to really dive into. And everybody has built up anger or whatever about talking about that topic. Me, 
I want to talk about it. Yeah. I want to get to it. I want people to be better parents and then be better children to your parents. So we have to talk about this shit. Absolutely. <clears throat> so the conversation that you probably had with your dad, where he would say his perspective on things, how were you able to find the truth and pick out what the truth was? Because there, there would be little things that would, my dad would say that would trigger a memory of like something I would hear from my mom. Mm-hmm. So like, Let's start at the beginning. So my mom and my dad were dating through like high school. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously things happened where I'm here. Um, but my mom lied to my dad about how old she was. Oh, okay. So while they were dating, my dad my dad was 19. He thought my mom was 17. Mm. Whole time she was 15. Mm. And um, he didn't find out how old she actually was until my grandma approached him and was like, you got my baby pregnant. Oh, uh, okay. Um, All right. So that just turned into a whole situation in itself. Um, and then a lot of other things transpired. Um, but through having conversation with my dad and hearing his side of the story and then approaching my mom being like, okay, well, I've heard this from grandma. I've heard this from my dad. Now I'm coming to you. I want to hear your side of the story because this is what... I was told. Yeah. And she was like, well, a lot of what your dad is saying is really true. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just being young and dumb, pretty mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. that a lot of the negativity transpired between their, like the three of their, uh, their relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, I think, wanting to know, yeah, which helped me figure out a lot of stuff. And I think that's where a lot of people... Kind of like fuck up mm-hmm. because they don't really want to take the time to learn the experiences from all sides. They just because had I had I not wanted a relationship with my dad, or I wouldn't even say that. Had I not wanted to know what transpired and why things are the way they are currently, mm-hmm. I think I would be more apt to be like, "Well, my mom is right, mm-hmm. and everything she says is right. Fuck you," type of like mentality. Mm-hmm. But um. I forgot where I was going with that. You said if you hadn't wanted to know the truth and ask those questions. I probably would have, I would, yeah, I would just probably be in a space where um, I would side more with my mom on stuff. Yeah. Just, um, I don't know, just wanting to take that extra step rather than wait for things to happen mm-hmm. between them to get better. Yeah. Um, helped bring a lot of us together. Mind you, they don't have a bad relationship now. It's just really, like, on, like early on stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think just wanting to be knowledgeable about a lot of the experiences that they were going through. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that you searched for the truth. Because sometimes parents, they, they feel like, oh, kids don't need to know. Yeah. All that Lame-ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I truly, uh, I, re- I truly do hope that that stops being the mindset of adults. That kids, they didn't, don't need to know certain things. And I really do think that you're setting your kid up for failure and not truly having a good sense of identity yeah. if you don't let them know where they came from. That is my story for sure. And yeah. I'm not, I haven't gotten to that space where you were, where you searched for the truth. I hear things and I'm like, do I want to know the truth? Because mm-hmm. if I know the truth, it might fuck up having a, a relationship with yeah. either of you two. So that's that's definitely a mindset I 
honestly, I still do have because mm-hmm. I, I don't. Honestly, a lot of the times when these conversations come up is through authentic conversation, mm-hmm. um, rather than me being like, "Okay, so I heard yeah. this, that, and the third from my mom or my grandma. What's yeah. like actually going on?" But like, a lot of the times when I'm with my dad, and like we are like just chilling, authentic conversation just comes up, and he like tells me he wishes he would have done more mm-hmm. like when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he, like he said, he would say like, he feels like we have a great relationship, but he feels like it could have been better mm-hmm. had he done more when I was little, like in terms of making, sh- like not forcing his way around, but being more persistent with trying to be around regardless of how my grandma felt or yeah. regardless of what my mom was telling my grandma to make her feel that way. Yeah. Um, and um, so like, it would just be authentic conversation rather than me just trying to pry. Um, Cause I do have, like, like you were saying, I do have that mindset where I'm like, damn, do I really want to try to figure this out, or do I really want to know is this going to change any way that I feel, or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. Yeah. Uh, so we got we we got your upbringing. We got a little bit more about how we met. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about the things you've done on campus, cause that shouldn't go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I recently saw like. My uh, high school had brought on some uh, some uh, what is it alumni, mm-hmm. and those type of alumni that high schools they try to bring back to talk to the kids is like the 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 actors and the ones that do these high unemployment rate jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I want that to change to let's bring on the lawyers, the um, the people that work nine to fives, and bring them on because that is still a success story in yeah. its own. Um, so something that I want to give you your flowers over is, um, you bring in the first drag show to Dominican. Yeah. Audience. Yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's very huge and very big for somebody to do knowing the school that we went to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hispanic serving. Yes. Liberal arts. Small private school, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, so what? Uh, what was your your game plan and mindset that led up to you bringing the first drag show here? Oh, in a nutshell, it was just I wanted to I wanted to see more gay shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you ain't think we had enough? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like you said, being a being a a primarily Hispanic serving school, a Catholic school, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of things that I'm pretty sure still don't really sit right with the school. Mm-hmm. Obviously there are people in positions that really advocate for a lot of the different communities, whether it be LGBT, mm-hmm. whether it be the black community, like whatever the case is, there's a lot of people in positions, especially positions of power that do a lot to serve those specific communities. Yeah. But I still think there was an undertone of, I don't want to say homophobia, but like homophobia. Yeah. Um, so it was just me wanting to see more representation of not only things that I know I liked, but things that I know will better serve the the DU community at large. Okay. Um, giving more representation towards specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my main goal. I really, I, I think that was my first time seeing real life drag show mm-hmm. and then somebody in drag like that's just stuff that you would see on tv mm-hmm. so i really appreciated it 
Um, I love drag. I love going to drag shows. I used my, I, I grew up and I had like a cousin, and he was into like the whole. I didn't know that's what it was at the time until like. I'm, I'm older now, but yeah. he was doing the voguing and all that mm-hmm. shit, and they would go out and do events so, and stuff. Room. But he never was in drag. It was just yeah that. And so that's all I knew. And then TV. Mm-hmm. RuPaul. That's yeah. all I fucking knew. But then as you get older, you're supposed to be more experienced, yep. learn more about the world. And so I was, I was fortunate enough to be here at the right time to see that happen yeah. because of you and your great... Do, y'all, do you call each other sisters, or what do you all call each other? It, de- it depends on, honestly, who it is. In a general sense, siblings. Siblings, okay. Um, because there's not just drag queens. There's, honestly, a lot of different facets. With, like, any community, mm-hmm. there's, like, a general umbrella, but then there's many different things that are encompassed by that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you have your drag queens, your drag kings, your, um, depending on how they identify, um, Drag things, aliens, um, whatever the case is. So if you are an alien, what does that look like? Um, It depends. There's no, there's literally no like specific look to drag. And like just as a whole, um, it just depends on how people choose to identify and choose to express their art. Yeah. I heard alien. I was like, <laughs> said, wait a damn minute. <laughs> Hold on. Nigga. Like, I got ET and dragon <laughs> exactly. shit. What the fuck? Because <laughs> uh, a mother could definitely pop up and dance to Katy Perry yeah. ET. Yeah. <laughs> and will. And will. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I'm still not the most educated and uh, knowing of what it is to, to be a representative. I wouldn't even say that. Just somebody that truly embodies what it is to be a part of the LGBTQ yeah. plus APBZJ. The Alphabet Mafia. Yeah. To be a part <laughs> of that community, I, I'm still from from the far looking in, but I still appreciate and accept everybody. Absolutely. One, I'm gay as hell. But yeah. like two, even though I don't really care to be a part of a community or whatever, I still appreciate people wanting to be a part of it. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> what are... What are some, because now we're going to go into, like, the hot topics, okay. the music and shit. Let's do it. This is uh, Drag 101. Okay. <laughs> 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 How would you say the influence between music and entertainment, more more so music, mm-hmm. the, the uh, intersectionality between drag and music? How would I? How would you describe that intersectionality? Um, it's uh, it's a vibe. I guess it's the the simplest way to put it. I think a lot of music really speaks to how people feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and combining that with an art that's more than just dressing up a particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, especially being a performer, you really use songs to communicate a feeling or to communicate a um specific aspect of who you are um it all depends on what the the music is yeah um and and the feeling you're trying to convey mm-hmm. i guess you can say mm-hmm. yeah that's what i get when i watch drag it's just exp- dancing and expressing things through the lyrics and mm-hmm. the rhythm of the beat that's what i get when i'm watching the people yeah perform. Uh, people <clears throat> 
Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I really ask so that we can dive into the stereotypes that come between come with being in drag and performing. Because some people they just like y'all just y'all just niggas in dresses dancing, and then there's people that's like, well, why did you choose that song? Yeah. Or why did you choose to dress like that for that song? And why is your name what it is? (laughs) Yeah. Lizzie told me. The, the meaning behind your name, and I never knew it. So what okay. what is your alter ego drag name? <laughs> My drag name is Rachel Slurs. And can you explain what that, why did you choose that name and where okay. it come from? The, honestly, I don't know. I, I honestly can't recall the reason I chose that name. Um, it just, I just really had a connection to being, um, when I started drag, at least, I had a, a connection to being a comedy queen okay. is what we call it. So someone who primarily does performances based on comedy or mm-hmm. with comedic intent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I chose racial slurs because it's a play on racial slurs. Yeah. Um, and being a black entertainer, I just thought it was going to be funny. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that's why I chose that. There was a second question that you asked. Or no, I just I, asked, where did it come from? Oh, yeah. that what? Honestly, to just... Um, it was a combination of uh, watching a movie, which was Tu Wong Fu, in which uh, RuPaul was in, and his character name was uh, Rachel Tension. Okay. Um, and I was like, that's cool, but I don't want to be named. I don't want to have that same name. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I was like, well, if I eventually wanted to do something like Drag Race, I don't want to go up there and be like, hi, my name is Rachel Tension, and RuPaul be like, well, that was my name and the mm-hmm. movie that I, like, the character that I played in that movie. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I just need something more mm-hmm. um, specific to me, more authentic for me. Yeah. Um, so, Rachel Slayers. I love your name. Thank you. I am a brand geek nerd. And yeah. so, when she told me what exactly, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is Andre. That that makes perfect sense. <laughs> and then when I, like, I, I went to Miami and I went to a drag brunch and the host you all, uh, the people that basically announces the ones, the mm-hmm. performers coming out there, the host. Mm-hmm. So the host, she pretty much kind of had that going too. Where I'm trying to think, because if you said you were, if you were at our house, our house is a a, a venue in Miami. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of who she was. She was tall. Uh, con- she was darker than me. Uh, what? Then I don't know who you're talking about. Okay, never mind. Because the, the main person that I know that hosts a lot of the drag brunches there, her name is, excuse me, her name is Athena Dion. Okay, I don't remember that name. I don't know who. I would have to look, but I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. I just can't yeah. think of it. She was there, and then later that night when I was walking down South Beach, she was there at another one hosting. So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Like, okay, on payroll. Yeah, all oh, right. absolutely. <laughs> okay. Child, you, sometimes you got to do multiple things in a day to make sure you collect that bag. Exactly. <laughs> how profitable uh, or, like, what le- how what level are you at when you give it video game levels? Are you at boss level when it comes to drag or where, first level tutorial? N- uh, definitely not first level. Okay, period. Um. I'm definitely not boss level, just to make sure I'm humbling myself. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I would say like intermediate. Okay. Because you got like your uh, amateur, you got your uh, whatever the next thing up, intermediate expert boss. Okay. I think I'm like 
somewhere in the middle. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. How would you describe your approach when it comes? Because I typically see you as hosting. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your po- approach when it comes to hosting drag shows? In what sense? So, like, you've given your name Rachel Slurs mm-hmm. for a reason. And then you dress a particular way for a reason. Mm-hmm. All of that, what is that reason? And then you have to now speak. Um, the personality behind Rachel Slurs. Honestly, it, I wouldn't, as I said at the beginning, more for, like, comedic intent. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like to be more, like, funny okay. on the mic. Um, so... Let's say, for instance, we're starting a show or like we're about to start a show. And um, so what I like to typically do is give a couple rules before the show starts. Um, I'll go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to whatever the show name is. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm your host, Rachel Slurs. Um, Before we get the show started, I want to give you all a couple rules. Rule number one. Make sure you're drinking because the more you drink, the prettier these bitches look. Okay. Rule number two. Make sure you're make sure you're tipping because the more you tip, the more you tip, uh, no. How do I say it? Not me forgetting my own rules. I should forget your own rules. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the more you tip, the no, that's not it either. Not me blinking. Wow, it's okay. Play us fuck up. <laughs> you anyway, the more you tip, the better these bitches will look. Or is it the more you sip? No. Okay. So I, the more you drink, the prettier these bitches look. The more you tip. It's something really specific that I say, but to get to an end, it's pretty much the more you tip, the like better costumes these bitches I'll be able to get. Okay. Um. Uh. Da, 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 da. I say have fun. Rule number three is to have fun because if you're having a good time, we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. And um, with anything, the last rule is consent is sexy and consent is mandatory. Okay. So if my bitches ain't touching you, don't touch my bitches. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, and just, like, playing off of that, um, saying jokes on the mic or um, picking on specific people in the crowd or mm-hmm. telling jokes about whoever my performers are that are coming on stage, um, it just depends on the, the situation or, like, the vibe of whatever's going on. Okay. <clears throat> so there was, there's this thing where you said you would turn on re- Renaissance. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So when Renaissance dropped, and even before Renaissance, when Drake dropped his uh, recent album, yeah, the commentary on social media was, this is some gay shit. This is yeah. for the gays. They didn't make music for the blacks yeah. or whoever they want to make music for, right? Mm-hmm. How did you take that? Um, honestly, I don't think I can really comment on it because I didn't even try to listen to Drake's album. Well, you listened to Beyonce's oh, well, album yeah. still the same. Well, then definitely, yes, Um that renaissance was definitely made for for lack of not for lack of a better word because there is a better word but renaissance was made for faggots okay (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know she just did the work she put behind renaissance and this ain't me blowing like smoke up her ass or nothing but like the the from hearing the stories from people who have been featured on the album Mm -hmm. like your t.s madison's um, for those who know who T.S. Madison is, or if you don't, um, she's a, a a well-known figure in the queer community as a a, tra- a black trans woman. Okay. Um, but her being on Cozy or having Grace Jones or um, in the Pure Honey uh, song is 
more centered around like ballroom stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is the voguing mm-hmm. um, and things of that nature. Or even Summer Renaissance being a song that was primarily derived from Donna Summer, which who's a huge icon in the queer community. Yeah. Um, I know that name. Yeah. <laughs> you said everything you said up until that, that point, name. I didn't know. But Donna Summer, <laughs> yeah. I do know her. Um, but yeah, no, she she put in the work for Renaissance and showed a lot of res- a lot of representation in terms of um, advocation for like the queer community. Okay. Do you think that you knowing the history behind the particular samples she used, the people that she chose to sample mm-hmm. for that album made you appreciate the art behind it more? Or was that just like, that's part of the business. You, gotta, you use samples. That's what you're supposed to do. Honestly, both. Could, uh, I do think Beyonce could do shit without samples. Yeah. Just fucking Beyonce. Yeah. Um, but the added work of having the samples, the added work of doing the research behind the samples and making sure she, or not she per se, but her team went down the, the appropriate routes of making sure that they got approval from whoever they took the samples from or mm-hmm. um, like whoever's clippings that they used. Um, it speaks volumes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they both really merged, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I spoke on the uh, the Renaissance album. I gave it like a seven or a six at at okay. the time. This was probably like ten weeks ago or something, yeah. right? And then they started warming on me a little bit more, where I stopped look thinking about how sample heavy it was. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when people use samples, you're supposed to use it in a way that uplifts the song and creates its own originality, mm-hmm. and not just use the sample and do what it's called music interpolation. Well, you ain't really doing much. Yeah. <laughs> and so from my ears, it sounded like she wasn't doing much. And so I was like, all right, but I do like what the lyric content was on yeah. top of it. It just was a bit simple. Yeah. That was my interpretation of it when I reviewed it. But like when I listened to you, because I didn't go and do a deep dive about who she particularly used yeah. and all of that stuff. But I know that that shit matters. And so it, it, uh, listen to you and also having the songs fill me in a little bit more. Yeah. I do give it a higher rating. I yeah. do think it was a vibe. It's no, a great. It's a great. It's a much better project than Drake's. But now, standalone, it's it's. No, much I'm definitely, I'm definitely where you are. When I first listened to it, what when I first listened to it, because obviously there were leaks before it actually dropped, mm-hmm. um, and I just chose not to listen to the leaks. Mm-hmm. So when it actually dropped, I literally played it. It was like, a, it was like midnight. And I stayed up just to make sure I listened to it. And I just listened to, like, the first 30 seconds of, like, every song because mm-hmm. I was tired as fuck. But um, I was like, is what Beyonce produced? Like, yeah. I don't, know if, I, I don't yeah. know if I'm vibing with this. Yeah. Um, And then I just started to listen to it more and listen it, listening to it in its entirety, like, from top to bottom. Yeah. Rather than, like, skipping through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, quite honestly, like, fell in love with that album. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think what... Um, assist assist me in having uh, a deeper relationship relationship with the um, with the album is that I'm just connected to the different aspects that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, like just bringing back what you said. You said like you appreciate the queer community, but you're still at a distance. Yeah, and I think because I I'm just like more immersed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say the experience of being queer, but immersed 
You and boss level. I'm boss level. <laughs> you period. boss level. I'm boss gay. level. <laughs> um, I just think it 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 also lends a hand to why I've liked the album more. I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that there is truth in people saying that there is a sound that is the gay sound with music? Uh, <laughs> um, damn. Mm. Yes. 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 In okay. short, yes. Okay. There's definitely, and I know people hate this. Not people hate this word, mm-hmm. but people outside of the experience hate hearing it so raw. Yeah. There's definitely a faggoty sound (laughs) to music. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's just something about like certain music. You can tell. You can definitely tell when an artist is really trying to pull in a specific audience. Okay. Um, Not even just queer. When it's um, when they're really trying to do like some nigga shit. Mm -hmm. Like um, what album was that? Like Black is King mm-hmm. by Beyonce, or um, I'm trying to think. I can't even think about nothing else right now. Beyonce's on my mind. Wait until Exhale soundtrack. Wait until Exhale soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Um, that it's just like, oh, this is for the Black experience. Mm-hmm. Or Lizzo. I wouldn't even necessarily say. Um, like she definitely has music that is geared towards queer consumption, mm-hmm. but a lot of her music is geared towards being black, being fat and black, Mm -hmm. and being a fat black woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, it all depends on the artist, but there's there's definitely, to me at least, because I'm pretty sure there's people who would argue differently, but there's definitely, to me, a gay sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, is this hot house or is this gay house? Mm -hmm. That's what I was seeing when people would speak on the Drake and the... uh, Beyonce album. Yeah. So now that I got you, you are <laughs> the spoke person at the time. Oh right my now. god! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am just kidding. That is your opinion. This that is not the say all be all. But now that we've gotten music out the way, mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on you know mental health. Yeah. Check in with you. How are you currently mentally? Um, I think I'm good. I wouldn't say I'm the greatest. Obviously, everybody has their problems that they're, like, going through on a consistent basis. But for the most part, I think I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Do you practice counseling, therapy, any type of – what do you do to get yourself balanced? I don't – no, to answer, no, I don't. And the – Typical sense, like going to somebody being like, okay, I just want to, I need a soundboard, mm-hmm. like professionally. Um, I think definitely having a close group of people who have the same experiences as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not only just same experience, but also having people who are willing to listen mm-hmm. without necessarily speaking, just letting me, like I said, be being a soundboard. Um I think my general therapy just comes from venting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think. But to answer the the statement, answer the question, no, yeah. I don't 
practice therapy or so so outside of like just having those those ears do you feel like that's enough sometimes for you absolutely not yeah absolutely not um i think there are other forms of things that i do to i guess um uh, help in terms of like therapeutic mo- therapeutic moments mm-hmm. um where they'd be like because i like to i like to clean like if I'm in the mood to clean. Okay. Like, I'm a cleaner. Um, it's just how I was raised. Um, otherwise, it's just, like, I I find myself occupying my time doing stuff to keep my mind off of whatever's mm-hmm. going on, mm-hmm. um, which also is not, quite honestly, it's not healthy either. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you being completely honest right now because one thing... Some I'm not going to say a particular person, but one thing people will do is listen to people talk about their journey with mental health and how they typically don't really search for the, the resources mm-hmm. and utilize those resources. They say, you know, I just figure it out. Yeah. Right. And they're like, see, I told you. Yep. That's what I do, too, boy. Yeah. Yep. That's all you need. No. <laughs> Andre said <laughs> it's not the healthiest thing to do. But currently, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that he said it's not, <laughs> not the, the healthiest thing to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think, and not that anyone else is unfortunate not to be able to do this, but I think I'm very fortunate enough to um, discern what I need and what I don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely do think, and I've been having, honestly, I've been having this thought for like the last couple of years. I definitely do think... I want to go to a therapist. I don't think, I wouldn't say there's not a need because I'm sure there is a need mm-hmm. um, to go to a therapist or go to somebody professionally, rather. Um, but I don't know. Something about going to a therapist just scares me because I feel like they're going to unlock some stuff that I've really buried mm-hmm. that I don't consciously think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah, a whole nother. Well... I hope you liberate yourself from that fear. Yeah. You know, because uh, uh, with truth comes happiness. Absolutely. I, <clears throat> I was once like that. And, you know, with truth came my identity, what I actually am supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, you know, I just wish uh, that um, I hope for liberation through that fear. Um, you know, we had coming out day here. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that's something that people, that particular people really enjoyed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your coming out story? Um, and who was the first person you came out to? Um, Honestly, I wouldn't even particularly say that I've had a coming out story. Also, I'm realizing how much I say honestly. So you maybe should keep a ticker, like a, a little counter. <laughs> how many times you Every say time it? I say it, okay. it just pops up on the screen. Um, but um, I don't, I don't think I had a necessarily a coming out story. Okay. Um, a lot of my friends, like, quite honestly, you look at somebody like, "Damn, you gay?" Mm-hmm. Like, you just know. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know. It's just a vibe. Um, but I guess. 
Not you say your coming out was a vibe. Was, <laughs> I don't know, it was just a vibe. It's just a vibe, but um, a lot happens in that vibe. It does, <laughs> it does. You, yeah, well, um, we ain't even gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> They're not ready for that yet. No, no not no. that conversation. Um, but no, it. My friends knew, with like, out me explicitly saying it. Um, there was obviously a point where I was like, yeah, I'm. At the time, or when, at whatever point, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it started out, I think, with, like, anybody, I'm bi. Mm-hmm. Um, then it, I was like, no, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever had a girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Um, before I got to Dominican, well, actually, I would say about six months into being a freshman here, I had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I honestly can't remember the situation as to why we broke up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can't remember. Um, but we were like close friends through high school, and without telling all her tea, she was dating somebody who just wasn't the best of part of people to her, mm-hmm. um, and it affected our friendship. And then her and that person stopped dating, and um, I had always had a crush on her. You she scooped was, her up when I she sh- absolutely did. <laughs> when she was down, I absolutely did. Wow. Um, this little <laughs> cute little short Latina chick with the fattest of ass. Fattest, fat ass. Fat ass. Um, anyway, um, we were dating, and then uh, I expressed to her that like I had a crush on her, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Um, and we started dating. Um, That's why people don't trust that whole bestie shit. Yeah. You got to be better than this, Andre. Um, well, <laughs> when I like a piece of ass, I'm, I'm going to be in, that, in the presence of that ass until I have my opportunity to tap that ass. <laughs> that is slick. Y'all, I can't stand niggas. Even when you gay, you still a nigga. That is crazy. <laughs> but that no, is crazy. Um, I mean, we, we, we had the, like, she knew... When we first started going to high school together, that I had a crush on her. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I had a crush on like every damn body. Okay. Because I don't know, it was just some fine ass people in our class. But um, we we're like really close friends. Like we obviously we like flirted with each other like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew there was there was something there on her end as well. So I wasn't just aimlessly like being like, okay, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna tell you this just to like get it type of thing like there was mutual like feelings but um yeah and to the currently i'm dating a woman really yeah a trans woman oh okay a woman nonetheless but um um what i was saying was identifying is i wouldn't say i've had a had to come out multiple times but starting off as bi and then being like oh no okay no i'm gay Mm -hmm. and just further self-searching and soul-searching and um, trying to figure out how I identified and um, what I identified with, um, I just have come to like, be like you know what, I'm just queer. Mm-hmm. Um, as of that was not the latest, but as of recently, I've just I guess immersed myself in uh, being queer in different ways, and I've come to know that I'm more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a whole nother conversation. That's that's a that's a great uh, piece that you just gave though, because the word queer, it used to be a derogative term. Absolutely. Now that's 
a term people are inviting back into the community mm-hmm. because you don't want to confine yourself to just one sexual orientation. Yeah. So queer kind of like embodies, nigga, I want whatever the fuck. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so um, I, I'm glad that you even just said that so that it can be said. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and even like not coming out to people, I think I think everybody has a co- coming out story. Even if it's just to yourself and you never had to say oh, it. Oh, well, then, You had yeah. to come out to yourself like, yeah, yeah niggas. <laughs> no, I think I knew from, I knew something was up from, like, jump and mm-hmm. being one of the curious, like, kids that's, like, searching those specific sites. Mm-hmm. Being like, oh, this is, this looks kind of fun. I think yeah. I want to indulge in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I think with anyone, um, there was moments of, nah, that ain't me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the denial of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I just had to be honest with myself with being like, no, you know, you know fruity in the movie. <laughs> it's a little sweetness to How did you, like, um, lay the message to your family? Just, more specifically, the people that matter to you, your mom. Uh, they always knew. Mm-hmm. What they tell me, they always knew. They always going to say uh, that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but coming from a a uh, a black, highly religious like background, mm-hmm. it was very difficult to be like, all right, y'all, like, I got something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was hard wanting to mention that. Or having to, um, which, to uh, go back to your original question, I never told my parents. It was just like, we love you mm-hmm. type of conversation, regardless, mm-hmm. um, without saying uh, or asking if I was queer or if I was gay or whatever the case was. Um, so specifically, my mom, um, I guess... The coming out moment was we were in church Mm -hmm. and one of our uh, one of the ministers at the time was giving a sermon, um, not necessarily about her son, who was also queer Mm -hmm. that I grew up with. But. I don't know how it got there, but at the end of her sermon, she pretty much said to a whole congregation that her son was gay and she didn't give a fuck what nobody else thought. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my son at the end of the day. And um, I looked at my mom because my mom and I, when we had like in-person services, um, my mom and I ran our uh, like our our media team pretty mm-hmm. much for the most part. Um, so I, we were sitting in the sound booth and I looked at her and I was like, I guess that is how I came out then. But anyway, I looked at her. I said, if you ever do something like that to me, I swear <laughs> to God, I will never talk to you again. Yeah. And she was like, she was just like, I looked at her face that whole sermon, and you can just see in her face that she was kind of really, like, disgusted mm-hmm. that this was happening in front of a congregation of people. Mind you, our, like, our physical church was, like, this old, like, Catholic, like, cathedral type of church. Yeah. So, like, huge like filled with people and this lady is telling us like hundreds of people and my mom was like I would like I love you regardless I would never do that to you type mm-hmm. of conversation and like that was it yeah. but in that moment there was like 
a weight that lifted off my shoulder because I was like, okay, she knows. Okay. And like down the line, we just had more conversation and she was like, well, I've known this whole time. I was just waiting on you to say something. Yeah. And I was like, then why you just say something? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just out here living all struggling. <laughs> I was hoping you don't bring me to the pool. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, it just happened naturally because um, I think we we there's other like gay people in our family, like very like predominant gay people in our family, and they were like, well we have these people around, like, you could have just said something. Mm-hmm. Like, we obviously accept these people. We might not agree with the lifestyle, mm-hmm. which I'm like, okay, it's not a lifestyle, yeah. but, like... Niggas permanent. It's, it's right. <laughs> it's like, I'm not just choosing to do this for a second. Yeah. I'm like, y'all know what? Um, I just want to fuck a man. Yeah. Um, but um, they were like, we're going to love you regardless. We're not going to, like, put you out on the street or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's not the case. Um so that was just it was just really easy i which i like i i would say i was fortunate mm-hmm. that i had a really easy experience because not especially black gay people don't really have that experience of yeah having people in their corner yeah for sure uh now uh how like the, just let's harp a little bit on the whole people of color more mm-hmm. specifically black people um and being gay being all the other sexual orientations yeah, right the alphabet mafia yeah <clears throat> it's not accepted okay mm-hmm. we're not even going <laughs> beat around the bush beat around the bush it's not yeah and it's it's gotten like i guess more tolerable i wouldn't say accepted but it's 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 become more tolerable amongst yeah. Our community, but uh, we're still not there to where we are seen, seen as one. Yeah, you know, like nigga, you're gay before you're black. Yeah, all of that, right? How do you like um, walk into a room and demand respect from people that do not respect what you are, who you are? Ah. Uh. I don't even think I do anything specific. I just, if I'm walking into a room and you know how I identify that I'm a queer person, I'm just going to automatically assume walking into a, like obviously I'm going to have my reservations, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just going to automatically assume that you're going to respect me in this moment. Like you say whatever you want to say behind my back. Like, I could care less. Yeah. Because um, at the end of the day, you ain't paying my bills. You ain't doing nothing that contributes to my livelihood. Um, but I'm just going to assume walking into a room that in this moment, for this time of whatever we're doing, you're going to respect who I am, what I say, and do whatever you need to do mm-hmm. behind closed doors when we leave this environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, I'm going to... Confront you about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm definitely not the type to sit and be silent, especially if I'm feeling disrespected. I'm going to tell you how I feel. Yeah. And if you continue to be disrespectful, I'm going to be disrespectful to you, mm-hmm. which isn't the way to go. Yeah. But <laughs> you're not going to sit here and try to like make me look stupid or embarrass me, especially if we're amongst other people. Yeah. And like demean me and make me feel a little. No, that's not what we're about to do. Yeah. So I will return the favor that you give to me. Right back into you. Okay. 
I need to see what that looks like. So we finna do. <laughs> we finna do a little scene. Oh God. <clears throat> and scene. You finna sit next to me? I absolutely am about to sit here. Okay. Is there a problem? No, just make sure you stay over there. Oh, okay, why is that? I don't want none of that over here with me. None of what? Sir. 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 Oh, what is your pronoun? Right. Okay, so this is how we finna go. So what we're about to do is we're about to have this conversation. And we're going to talk about whatever this is for now, but we're not going to have be disrespectful. If I'm going to respect you, you're going to respect me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Ain't no talking. <laughs> right. We just want to fight. I mean, it don't necessarily go, it don't yeah, always go I'm like that. No, I, I really don't know what that looks like. I don't think I've been it's, in a space honestly, where Honestly, it's different all respect. the time. It's different all the time. Mm-hmm. It, you, it's really a guessing game as to whether, unless you like already know before walking into a room what you're walking into, mm-hmm. it's always a guessing game whether you're going to be like, okay, are people going to be looking at me weird? Yeah. Because like, well, you can't see it now because I cut them down because it's just easy for me to work. But um, I usually like to have like long ass like acrylic nails because mm-hmm. um, I don't know. They just make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, you can tell when people, like, look down at your nails and, like, look up at you and, like, feel a certain type of way without really... Saying anything. Without saying anything. Yeah. So it's always... It's always an unsaid shift. Yeah. In an environment and an energy in a room. Um, And also, being someone with a lot of different experiences that sometimes, like, really intersect, I've gotten to a point where I can really discern an energy in a room mm-hmm. as I'm walking in rather than sitting in a room and letting things transpire and then being like, oh, wait, like, some ain't going to be right here. Yeah. Like, I can walk into a room and be like, okay, <clears throat> some ain't going to be right, but let me put on this face mm-hmm. and get this shit over with. Yeah. So, yeah, it all depends. Uh, the, um, the face that you put on, how does that actually make you feel? Because I know that when we got, when we're around our coworkers mm-hmm. and we can't really just be ourselves because they might view it as, mm-hmm. oh, what are they talking about? We don't, we don't know what they're really saying. Yeah. Or, Let me touch your hair. Some shit like oh, that, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> what, uh, how does always having to come and be something that is not authentically yourself feels for you sometimes? It's taxing. It's like an energy, like vampire, it drains your energy because you're trying to put on a face to impress whoever it is, mm-hmm. um, especially being a black person, being mm-hmm. a black queer person. Um, you're always looking for ways to blend in in certain environments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I... I I don't know. I just find myself in really unique situations. Excuse me. I find myself in really a u- unique situations because a lot of the environments that I, I'm frequently in now, there's something that um, feels like home, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so, like, with my 9 to 5 job, I work at a, um, I was telling you earlier, I work at a, a life insurance company. And walking in, like, 
when I went to the interview, because my mom also works at the same company. Okay. When I went to the interview, mind you, I wear my dangly earrings. I wear my piercings. Um, when I got to the place, my mom was like, make sure your earrings are out. Make sure your nose <laughs> piercing is out. Like, yeah. look presentable. Make sure your hair is, looks good or whatever the case. Like, with any interview. Like, yeah. make, just make sure, like, you look presentable. Um and I got to the interview and I was like, okay, I'm going to be in this, like, work this job with all these white folks. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be, like, very, like, taxing. Coming from working at Starbucks where damn near every Starbucks partner is gay. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, if this going to be how this is, I'm going to have to put on a face, mm-hmm. like, my entire time being here. But as I, like, started to work there, um, I realized there were more black people. People were more comfortable with you being you authentically, what regardless of who it is, they didn't, they weren't really judgmental. Mm-hmm. And then finding out that one of my coworkers was a trans woman, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm gonna be good here because okay. not that being trans is the extreme, but like for y'all to allow without discrimination, like regard, like I don't know what y'all saying behind closed doors, yeah. but um, to allow this. My coworker, who is a trans woman, to be authentically her mm-hmm. and be very persistent on making sure she feels comfortable, I know that I will be okay here. Mm-hmm. Um, so as time went on, started to put my earrings back in, started to put my piercings back in, started to be more comfortable with mm-hmm. being who I was. Um, so, yeah, I forgot what your question was. That was really just it. How does it feel to have to show oh, up? Oh, well, it, like, huh. With anything else, you always walk into a room, you're just like, okay, like a little hesitant. Mm -hmm. But like like I said, I just find myself in situations or being blessed with opportunities where I don't have to Mm -hmm. really like save face or put on a face that's not authentically me. Obviously, like when you're in a professional environment, you're going to. What black people call it, put on your white voice. Yeah. Um, Your your bill collector voice. Yeah, your bill collector voice. But. Being being professional, like, obviously you're going to have to do that. You can't necessarily do what you do on a regular basis mm-hmm. in a professional setting. Um, so, like, other than that, I never really have to be anything other than me. Okay. Yeah. That's good. The Bill Collective Voice, that is still a crazy-ass thing that yeah. I don't even understand how we even learned that, how that even came. Yeah. It'd be clicking on. It do. Without you thinking about it. it I do. hate that. <laughs> I it hate do. <laughs> Being a restaurant, you're like, you know what? Can I just real like particular about like what you say and mm-hmm. how you say it? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's even just funny. Yeah. Cause you're like, okay, that's not how you fucking talk. Yes. Like, stop playing games. Just yes. talk regular. I fucking hate listening back on like voice. Literally, you're like, why do I sound like that? I hate it. <laughs> uh. If I had to give it a um, a descriptor, I say I sound like a if a raisin could talk. <laughs> <laughs> what? I sound like a raisin or something like. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I know what it means. <laughs> I don't really know how to explain okay, give it. Give me, give me, give me your uh, your white voice, well, uh, your your raisin can talk voice. So Andre, you know, it's not all the way too crazy. Yeah, it's just I use more purple words. You know, yeah. I speak slowly. I don't talk as fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say nigga. I'm not gonna say motherfucker. What are you gonna say? African American. 
Oh, I definitely hate that word. I'm not using that. I'm like, damn, I just was on a video call yesterday. I could have just played that. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm like, you know, so Andre, what are your pronouns? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, who is you? Okay. <laughs> so how do you identify? Yes. He's like, you know what? You a faggot. <laughs> I ain't even finna beat around the bush. Uh, um, uh, Mr. 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 She, she, her. Yeah. Um. Now, I'm going to get a little tea. You feel me? You said you were dating. I didn't know that until today. Yeah. Because if I would have knew that, I would have been like, well, bring. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh. Describe your uh your dating, your your romance, that sector of being Andre. Like in what sense? In a sense of what is it like to <clears throat> to be with a man, be with a woman, since you've experienced both. And then two, I've 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 heard uh men say like some men say that they're bisexual just because they are and then they have to change to just say I'm gay because women won't ta- accept me at all. Yeah. When they know that I like men as well. Yeah. Um, honestly, I I would say because I'm so separated. I said honestly again. I just realized that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep count. <laughs> um, I, I think because I'm so immersed in being a queer person and um being involved in our community I don't think I really have a um what's the word I don't have a really like in-depth way of explaining that okay um because you said you started off bisexual yeah that was for a reason yeah Okay, because of what you said. Yeah. Well, I don't think women would be like accepting of the fact that I am more gay than not, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but I don't know. It. I guess it was just me trying to specifically figure out what I was um, going through mm-hmm. or what I was identifying as. Um, for me, dating, it's not easy yeah but it's not hard either um especially i would say it's more hard than it is easy Mm -hmm. to be specific because i think being queer or being gay or being under the umbrella in general it's built for white people Mm -hmm. Mm um and being a black person being a fat black person it's hard mm-hmm. um, because the representation up until now, obviously there's like different things going on, different things being represented within media, whether it's television, film, whatever the case. Um, it's built for skinny white gays. Yeah. Um, you see your skinny white gay couples in the movies. Mm-hmm. You don't really see people dating trans people in movies, people, people of color dating uh, or being queer in films or television. Yeah. Um, so that aspect is difficult. Um, but for me, being someone who honestly just loves love, yeah. Um, I'm not really particular on how someone else identifies. Yeah. If you feel some about me and I feel some about you, 
let's go with that. Um, yeah. So that's what uh, you you said that you date a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Where did y'all meet? In a bar. In a bar. Okay. Um, so obviously this is not a woman of God. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. Far from it. <laughs> Far from it. Um, um, she was just connected to uh, somebody else in a, her and another person uh, that I'm friends with in the drag community uh, moved to Chicago together from Michigan. And... Um, she would just be in the clubs a lot with them when mm-hmm. me and this uh, other performer was doing uh, doing this competition together. And me being who I am, I just flirted. <laughs> um, I sh- we should have did a scene of you flirting. <laughs> Isaiah should have been here then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I did what I did, like just aimlessly flirting like I do with like anybody. Put that them I'm back with. down. Right, exactly. Okay. Um, and... It just turned into us dating, I guess. Um, We just started spending more time together. Like, I just asked him one day, I was like, you want to just, like, go have a drink or something? And it turned into them coming over, and we, like, watched the movie. I cooked or whatever the case may be. I think the cooking is what real. Yeah, yeah. that's how I do it, too. (laughs) You got to cook them up. You got to cook them some. Stuffed shells. Yeah. Wait, what did I make? Uh... Shit, I honestly don't even remember. It was probably like some fried chicken and like some mashed potatoes and gravy. Eat the food. We did, <laughs> we did. This was honestly, that was one of the times that it didn't turn into anything. I would say sexually romantic, mm-hmm. and like the first, like, couple of days of us like intimately hanging out. Yeah. Um, I think we had like smoked or something. Okay. Uh, after we ate or before we ate, ate. Got tired as fuck, and I was like, "Well, if you want to crash here, you can crash here." Mm-hmm. You think you slick? I'm seeing through. Oh all, my god! I'm it wasn't even all the Mac. It wasn't even like that <laughs> at first. Oh. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It like literally, it was innocent as fuck. Yeah. Um, I was like, "Well, I'm too tired to like drive right now, but I will." I was like, I will gladly pay for your Uber home if you want to go home, but you are more than welcome to crash here. I'll sleep in, like, on the couch. You can sleep in my room if you want to. And we just ended up sleeping in the same bed. Of course. Oh, my God. We just ended up here. We just just ended up sleeping in the same bed. He's like, that's the the one. Oh, man, I'm a little tired. You 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 trying trying to to go (laughs) (laughs) You not slick, bro. Um... And it just went on from there, and like, we just had like really like good conversation and yeah. hung out a lot, and like was literally seeing each other like every day type of thing, and then we just started dating. Um, and here you are. And here where I am. Um, you got anything you want to say to your sweetie, <laughs> your babies? Uh, <laughs> I'm a sucker for love too. Uh, I asked you the question just for myself. I really could care less if they want to care. Um, she know. Not, 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 okay. not, not what's <laughs> uh, misunderstood ain't got to be explained. She know. So, all right, okay. My last question for you is, we drop gems here, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to have you on more tonight. So the people out there, if you want, oh, you should have asked them how they have sex. Like, come on now. <laughs> oh, no, not that. 
Andre will be here more than more than today. Okay, this is uh, somebody I would like to say will be a revolving guest on the show with how we're changing things on club culture. Yeah. So there will be more conversations held with Andre. But what is a gem that you would like to drop to end the our episode for today? Hmm. I wish you would have told me this was going to be the end question. God damn. So I would have had time to give you something of, like, power. All right. Um, No, I would say my gem to drop is simply don't assume. Don't assume. Don't assume. Because you never know. You never know not only what might be going on behind closed doors for people. Mm -hmm. You never know um, how people identify. You never know anything. Don't don't just assume based on your knowledge of how you've experienced things um, in any aspect of life, in any aspect of your existence. Don't ever assume that it's the same for somebody else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I like the gym. Yeah. It was powerful. Thank you. And we got this one last thing that we have to get. Not you saying that gym was the last thing and that's another no, 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 last no, thing. No, because I almost forgot. I was finna let you skate by. Okay. But I need for you to to hit me with the slogan. <laughs> 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 Don't ask us what is this about. Just. <laughs> well, first, I want to say this to any of um, anybody that's out there. Because we didn't touch on this, and I'm kind of glad we didn't, because mm-hmm. we can save it for something else. Yeah. But um, hit me up if y'all interested. Just saying. About what? Just hit me up. All right. So <laughs> whatever that means to you, y- y'all do that. But <laughs> that's not what I asked you. Like I got multiple types of apps on my phone. I'm just saying. Hit me up. The world that we live in today. Anyway, oh, my gosh. It's like eHarmony, you know? Match.com. So, next episode that we have with Andre <laughs> might be a speed dating. We don't know. <laughs> but give us. <laughs> Wait, I can't even do it. Because <laughs> you just said it about 50 times I before did, we before started. We started. <laughs> <clears throat> What's their podcast? <laughs> Thank you. If you are on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and hit that bell. And if you are on your favorite streaming platform, thank you for tuning in and leave us a rating. That's the episode. Deuce. Just watch the damn podcast.